Well, welcome back to another episode of Music Club FM. We have a new date. It's coming out on Thursday from now on. Usually the format of uh, of this show, I go straight into new music. This week, and for the kind of upcoming few weeks, we're going to be a little bit different. This week we're doing a festival special. It's officially the start of festival season this, this week, and we're all still locked down, so that ain't happening. But there's no reason why we can't still enjoy all that music. Because actually, the art of curating a lineup is something that should be celebrated. And this week, we are celebrating one hell of a lineup in All Points East Festival. Due to start on the 22nd of May uh, and roll for two consecutive weekends, this started as a little one dayer and has become a bit of a monster in London. Uh, it's held at Hack- in Hackney at Victoria Park. Uh, other festivals that have been there in the past include Lovebox and Field Day, um, and many, many, many more as well. But, but this one. The names have been getting bigger, it's been getting more and more interesting over the last couple of years, and this year it was a two-weekender, a dual weekender, if you will, and just some amazing days. So, what we're going to do is we're going to play, each day, we're going to play We're going to play some records from some of the bands that I would have gone to have seen had that festival gone on, and we can talk about them, because, wow, what a lineup. So, starting off with the Friday, we're going to go from... Start of the day up till headliner. We're starting off with Gengar, an actor I came across a good few years ago and really, really enjoyed. They're a very small band and just seem to be creeping into everyone's playlists. This record in particular. So, as I mentioned, this week we're covering we're covering All Points East Festival. We have got some fresh music for you. The next record is a fresh record. To stick with that Friday, we're moving up now to Everything Everything and their newest record. And you know, Everything Everything have been one of those bands that have been around for years. They've played Reading loads. I've seen them a good few times. I've never been obsessed with them as a band. Uh, when a lot of people are. But you know what? They have a good couple of records on each album, and they're definitely a massive part of, of UK indie culture, so they're definitely worthy of being booked. They released a new record the other day called In Birdsong, which one of you guys, who was it? Kellen Sarson um, asked to play In Birdsong. I actually don't really like that record. It's certainly not track two on this playlist, uh, on this podcast. So we're going to be going with the other record that's been released on their album, and... A record that I, I really enjoy. It's called Arch Enemy. It's a bit of a different direction for them. It's still very everything, everything. Don't get me wrong, but it's uh, it's a nice direction to to hear them in. They have a new album, Reanimator, due out on the twenty first of August. So we expect to play more records from this kind of towards the end of July when we do our albums in August special. Probably that's it to me. There would have been a secret set at Reading. Hmm, there we go. We will be covering Reading in depth next week. Uh, this week, it's just all points east. This record is a belter. This is Arch Enemy by Everything Everything. Okay, continuing on that Friday, working our way up that lineup includes a, a pl- which includes a plethora of amazing artists. Obviously, we've already played Gengar. You would also look at people like Liz Lawrence, uh, the Orleans, Nick ha- Hakim, Nadine Saar, uh, Nolufa Yanya. I don't know. I don't know them. And of course, the incredible Leanne Lahavas. Next, we're going straight to the sub headliner 
the wonderfully talented Lyle Karner, who is someone that has been on my radar for a good few years now, really pushes um, a, a, a showcase of what British hip-hop could sound like. We have a thriving drill and grime scene, one that's incredibly exciting. But straying outside of that, there isn't a lot really. And Loyal Kana, for me, just took off where Roots Maneuver kind of left. And has just been an incredible artist that's released a plethora of fantastic music over the last few years. Uh, records like BFG, obviously collaborated with Tom Mish on the, on the incredible record Water Baby. You know, Loyal Kana is, if you do not know Loyal Kana, then get to know, because the man's a legend. He released his follow-up album last year, obviously the debut album, the, the Absolute Monster, was released in 2017, Yesterday's Gone, which features the record that we're playing today, and was requested by JX2, I believe? JX2 and Jack. Good username there, Jack, I like that one. Uh, of course, you cannot, cannot talk about Loyal Kana and not play this record. This is the incredible Ain't Nothing Changed by Loyal Kana. I'm saying ain't nothing changed. Trust, cause ain't nothing changed. Saying ain't nothing changed. And to round up the first day at All Points East, I mean, we've had a good day of music at this point, and this is just a little bit of the lineup. We've played music by Gengar, we've played music by Everything Everything, we've played music by Loyal Kana, we've been and seen Leanne Le Havis, we've had a good day of music. And then we finish the day off with our first headliner in Bombay Bicycle Club. Oh my goodness. Now, I've seen Bombay Bicycle Club a million times. They are just one of my favourite bands. They really, really are. Their first album came out in 2008? Nine? Eight? 2009. I had the blues and shook them loose. It's one of my favourite albums of all time. It's absolutely brilliant. If you, if you need some new music or you don't know Bombay and you want to go back and just kind of discover something that is just legendary and so inspirational to so many artists today, go and listen to that album. It's amazing. Uh, highlights on that album include For Me, Emergency Contraception Blues, Lamplight, Dust on the Ground, Always Like This, Magnets, The Hill, What If. Oh my god, that album is absolutely spectacular. We could sit here and just play Bombay Records the next hour and that would be completely fine. They then followed that up with their record Floors, which was more of an acoustic album. At the time, folk was really popular. It was a really, really popular sound and they kind of went down that avenue for a little bit just to kind of get it out of their system. And then they came back in 2011 with a different kind of fix, which had a much more electronic influence. They started playing around with samplers, started delving around more with different instruments, releasing the incredible record Shuffle, released the incredible record Lights Out, Words Gone, which is just one of their absolute staples. You could do worse than going and listening to that album as well. It's absolutely brilliant. In 2014, they returned and released the, their brilliant, brilliant album, So Long, See You Tomorrow, which of course came back with records like Carry Me. You know, they, they really started to d dive deep into their electronic back catalogue. Yeah, just the whole thing is so good. Overdone is an absolutely amazing record. Carry Me is brilliant. Luna is absolutely spectacular. So Long See Tomorrow finishes the album out beautifully. It's one of my favourite albums of the last 10 years, hands down. If you're enjoying this sound at this point, go and listen to that album, it's absolutely brilliant. And then they kind of went on a hiatus. In 2014, they headlined Radio One, the Radio One stage at Reading and Leeds, and really that was their the pinnacle for them. Um, 
and at that point they went and took a break. Jack Steadman, the lead singer, went off and made a new project called Mr. Jukes, which is also absolutely brilliant. Much more jazz orientated. Uh, one of the great things about Bombay is that they have quite a few different influences. So we had the kind of folk influence of, of the late noughties, especially on records like Floors. They had a massive electronic influence in when you looked at, looked at records like Shuffle. Uh, and then going out of things like Carry Me was very dance floor orientated. But if you go back to their roots and listen to records like It's Always Like This, there's a lot of funk and jazz influence there. They weren't just another indie band. So it made sense that Jack went off and kind of made this producer album. Um, that was one of my albums of 2017. It was one of my albums of 2017. It's absolutely spectacular. If you if you were a fan of Bombay and and want to go and find a bit more about them then go and listen to that. Records like Angels are incredible, Grant Green are brilliant. The whole album is just, it's so, so familiar and so different. So when they announced they were coming back and getting back together and they were about to pack it in and call it quits, I got excited and I heard their first record, the record that we're playing today from this new album, the day after Reading Festival. Oh, it was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Listen to On Repeat. It's absolutely spectacular. Their newest album came out earlier on this year. I managed to catch them live just before we went into lockdown. It was absolutely stunning. It's so such a good album. As a, as a collective of four records, I don't include flaws. It's absolutely spectacular, so I'm really, really happy. This album also has the record People People, which features Liz Lawrence, who was also due to play earlier on in the day, so uh, she was touring with them, I believe, is, is my understanding anyway. But this is uh, such a good album. Is this real? Everything else has gone wrong. It's amazing. And the amazing record that we're playing today, Eat, Sleep, Wake, Nothing But You. Oh, to finish the first day off with Bombay is a dream. Enjoy. Okay, day one was mon a monster, but day two, oh, goodness me, goodness me. Let's start off with some more fresh music for day two, and that's Yellow Days. Now, I came across Yellow Days about three years ago. Um, Lauren, my girlfriend, shout out to Lauren, she introduced me to Yellow Days. This guy who had this wonderful sound, it's like a... Yellow Days describes it really, really well. It sounds like a summer's British day to me. It really does. Uh, this wonderful kind of laid-back jazz feel, but also kind of a bit of a sexy feel to his records as well. He's pushed that further and further and further and further over the last couple of years, and has now just announced that he's releasing his second album, which is due out which is due out on the 7th of August. August is shaping up to be a pretty good one. A Day in a Yellow Beat. This is the first record taken from that new album. I would have loved to have done it here this fuck, the fuck of a Yellow Days. One day I'm hoping I can, but today we're playing the wonderful Treat You Right. It's just a really cool, it's got way more of a George Clinton funk element to it, in my opinion. He's going down that road and I am not going to get in the way. It's, it's absolutely amazing to listen to. So this is Treat You Right by Yellow Days. Uh, by the way, the weather in my opinion isn't going to be like British Festival where it's all like gloomy and doomy. 
This is gonna be like a really good hot summer's day. Cider's flowing nice, G&T's, oh, it's gonna be wonderful. We've just gone and watched Yellow Days, and then we follow up with the incredible Avalanches, a band or duo, I guess, from Australia. Um, they're two guys that work with lots of different people. They released their first album in 2001, I believe. I came across them, maybe 99. Hang on, let's have a look, Avalanches. Since I Left You, which is an iconic album, came out in 2000. Okay, I heard it, I heard, came across the record Frontier Psychiatrist, of course, featured the wonderful Since I Left You as well, the title track, just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant record. Then they went away for 15 years, 15 years, and they released the record Wildflower in 2016. Um, it was received with critical acclaim, features some incredible artists, and I kind of thought that was it. We won't see them for a long time now. And then they just kind of started putting out music. They released a new record with uh, Blood Orange, like two, three months ago, which is okay. And I was gonna go back and play something old from them, but then they released this record, Running Red Lights, featuring Rivers Como from Weezer, who is brilliant, and Pink Sifu, this record is stunning. This is just summer. It's just a summer record. The Avalanches are just back 20 years after releasing their first record and just re releasing amazing, amazing music. It doesn't sound dated or like a throwback. It's just absolutely lovely. I'm excited to see where this next project of theirs goes. This record. Oh, oh, what a day this is shaping up to be. This is Running Red Lights featuring Rivers Como and Pink Sifu by the Avalanches. Next we're going to a band that I've kind of just discovered uh, recently. Actually, you know what? I can remember one of you guys, one of you beautiful viewers, uh, recommended me this record, or, or a record by this band. Uh, we're talking about Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever, which I thought was a ridiculous name, but they're really cool. They're a really cool band. They've got three albums. They're about to release a third album, I believe. Um, Yes, they're releasing their third album, Sideways to New Italy, on June the 5th. So we'll be talking about them probably next week in, in the, in the uh, What to Look Forward to in June special. Um, yeah, this record's just brilliant. And as a band, I'm intrigued to see where this, what this album sounds like and where they're going. I've not really gone back and listened to much of their old music. Talking Straight was recommended to me. That's the record from their last album. And yeah, this new one here is coming out June 5th. This is taken from the album. This is Falling Thunder by Rolling Blackout's Coastal Fever. We're still on day two. We've had yellow days. It's been amazing. We've seen how iconic the avalanches are. It's great. Go on to some new indie music. Brilliant. Rolling Blackout. Now we move into some absolutely spectacular music from Glass Animals. They're back again, another artist who's releasing a new album. When I was doing this, like planning this podcast, I thought it's gonna be really hard to like put together something that's, that works as a new music show, but everything here so far has been pretty new. Um, you know, within a couple of months. I first came across Glass Animals after they played Glastonbury, I think in 2016, and loved their record Gooey, which is 
brilliant. Um, there, like, I was just lovely, and I was like, right, I need to listen to more of them. Then I came across them again in after they released their second album. Oh no, hang on, wait, okay. Perhaps I came across them after the second album. Anyway, Gooey was the first record I heard by them. It was lovely. Then, of course, they released their second album, which included records like Pork Soda. And of course, we then went on to listen to the incredible youth. They're just an amazing band. They just had such an amazing run. Um, and it's good to have them back. They went away for a while. My understanding was the lead singer went off to go and make a lot of hip hop records. And it's just kind of come back and it's like four years later and I'm more than happy to have new music by them. When I was driving around Australia uh, towards the end of last year on my road trip we would go and listen to like Annie Mac or whatever once a week. We listened to her show when they had her, them in as the hottest record. Of course working with the incredible Denzel Curry who you can go back and listen to. Um, we did a WTF episode about him so go and check that one out if you don't know much about Denzel. But they, they work with, uh, with Denzel on the record Tokyo Drifting, which is a smasher. This week released their newest record Dreamland, which is the title track of their new, newest album, due out on July the 10th. We'll be going into more depth about that towards the end of next month, of course. But today, we're playing Your Love, the record that I have been meaning to talk about for a long time and just adore. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, and it, doesn't, it just fits in perfectly with the lineup that we're going through today. So, without further ado, this is Your Love, Deja Vu by Glass Animals. I can feel your love, your temporary touch. It's a... So, we've had a belter of a day. This Saturday is ridiculous. We've started off by going and checking out the soothing and funky sounds. Of, of Yellow Days, an act I still haven't seen live and I'm gagging to see. Followed that up with The Legends That Are The Avalanches and Rolling Blackout Coastal Fever and Glass Animals. What a day so far. Then we move into Caribou. Now, when Glastonbury was cancelled this year, I did a WTF video about Caribou and I went in on him. That video is probably the most research I've ever done for an artist. Set the new caliber. The problem is when you do this, you get obsessed with acts. Like you get obsessed, and Caribou is someone that I am obsessed with. This week he, he has worked with his friend Fortet on the on the remix of Never Come Back. I was gonna play that, but I just want to play the original because it fits in perfectly with what we're doing so far. Um Caribou, and don't need to do much more speaking about him. We've played him. Uh, we played him on our on like the first or second episode of, of this show. We've done a WCF episode about him. Go back and watch that if you want to find out more. But now, just oh, enjoy this. This is Never Come Back by the incredible Caribou. And then. To finish off what is potentially one of the best lineups of a day festival in a, that I've seen in a long time, we finish off with the formidable Tame Impala. Whew. So let's talk about Tame Impala. When I first I first came across him in 2011, I listened to his first album because I thought the artwork was really really cool. 
I remember listening to uh, a couple of records on that album thinking that they sounded like kind of revolver, psychedelic era Beatles. I still maintain that actually. I think his, his Kevin Parker's vocal is very uh, John Lennon-esque and I think when you go back and listen to that first album, it, that's definitely how you describe it. His sound has evolved more and more and more over the years. He's become way more of a producer and if not one of the best producers in the world um, that would be a fun episode to talk about let's just talk about the best producers and some of their records bench that idea write that down um, but Kevin Parker and Tame Impala is one of the best outfits for music ever and is up there in my in my list top three I think probably to see Tame Impala live and to see it in this lineup would have been great absolutely great his first album, Inner Speaker, came out in 2010. Just an absolute brilliant record. Standouts on there include Is This Not Meant To Be? Why Won't You Make Up Your Mind? Ah, oh, so good. Lonerism, he followed that with Lonerism in 2012, which featured the incredible Elephant. That's probably one of his most iconic records. In 2015, Currents literally took every one by storm. That album is spectacular from start to finish. You could do a lot worse than going and checking that one out. Uh, Let It Happen, The Less You Know The Better, Past Life, Because I'm a Man. Oh, just so good. The whole album is so good. And then this year, we got the return of Tame Impala in the wonderful slow rush 10 years after his first record course we had uh, we were introduced to him last year with records like borderline um, and it might be time but to finish this kind of segment off for the Saturday at all points east there's only one record that fits in perfectly on this run and that is the incredible lost in yesterday if you enjoy this if you haven't heard this what the fuck is going on but if you if you haven't and you like the sound of it then oh my god I'd love to do a WTF episode about Tame Impala it would be absolutely brilliant this is the formidable Tame Impala and the record lost in yesterday okay from here on out I'm gonna keep it a bit short and sweet because it's easy to get a little bit carried away so I think we're going like three or four from each day maybe yeah we'll do that Okay, starting off on the Sunday, the 24th, there's some great acts in here which I, I haven't put in. Um, people like Jacques Green, I love, Young Fathers, there's some incredible, incredible people on this lineup. But we're going to start off with the incredible Tonight, which is Lunis and Hudson Mohawk, two incredible producers, really gave birth to the trap sound. Now, I, when I say that, I mean, when they first started bringing their stuff out, dubstep was at its height. Dubstep was huge. It was just coming towards the end of it. EDM was being taken over as the kind of... Um, the Americans were changing dubstep into EDM. Uh, people can get upset about me saying that, but it's, it's true. You know, we had this London, amazing deep, dark London sound. The Americans got a hold of it and made it really big and bullshit and loud. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it changed. What came with that was uh, an evolution, uh, which was called trap. And from a from a pro production sound, anyway, this is this is where it came from. And tonight, or Hudson Mohawk and Lunis put out this wonderful EP. It was so different from anything else that was out there, and it was such fun to play in clubs. It was brilliant. 
And they then went on to release another record, just a standalone one. It was kind of a bit weird. Called Acrylics. Oh, so good. And the last year, they followed that up with uh, part two, just called Two. Uh, it's an eight song EP by tonight. Uh, I've, I'll be completely honest, that swept completely under my radar. It's signed to Warp Records, which is a UK record label, which is really cool. Obviously, Hudson Mohawk has gone on to do absolutely wonderful things with other people. Today, we're playing the wonderful Higher Ground. You know, this sounds to me now like a record that's that sounds like everything else, but this was the first time that you had like big bolshy trumpets and brass samples over trap beats. It wasn't a thing before this. Like it just wasn't. Not not like this. Absolute turning point in music. Tonight, higher ground, what a belter. <laughs> From two super producers to another two super producers. Um, next on the lineup, we're looking at Tom York. Tom York, obviously the lead singer of Radiohead and amazing musician in his own right. I'm not gonna lie, like I'm not the biggest Radiohead fan. I'm, I'm just not. I've never really, really got it. I don't not like them. I just people love them. However, there's been some amazing records that they've put out. There's some been amazing records that Tom York's put out and some amazing features that he's done. And the most famous for me is was when DJ Shadow and James Lavelle co collaborated for Science Fiction, by, which was their, um, their first debut album by the duo. Um, they were known as Uncle. They gone on, They went on to make just an amazing, amazing album. This record is taken from that debut album, Rabbit in Your Headlights. Features Tom York, it's absolutely spectacular. Oh, completely different to what tonight we're trying to do. Anyway, Tom York, amazing guy. This record is, yeah, an amazing feature between DJ Shadow, James Lavelle, uh, a real, real pinnacle in, in British dance music or British electronic music. Just wonderful. If, oh God, I'd love to do a WTF video about DJ Shadow. That would be absolutely brilliant. Hmm. Next year, perhaps we'll have to cover different festivals and work out how we do WTF because it could be some fun. Anyway, this is Rabbit in Your Headlights by Uncle featuring Tom York. And to finish off that Sunday, we have an act from Bristol. An amazing act from Bristol called Massive Attack. They have been very, very iconic. If we're talking about people like... Um, DJ Shadow and Uncle, then Massive Attack are in that same breath alongside people like uh, Portishead. There's definitely kind of room where they all exist. And Massive Attack have been massive, uh, <laughs> excuse the pun. Uh, the most famous record, of course, is Unfinished Symphony, which is just a, a, a dan UK dance classic, an Ibiza classic, just so inspirational. Incredible strings. Um, really, really, really shaped it and, and, and uses, is a massive source of inspiration for many, many, many producers in the UK. Or, of course, the wonderful Teardrop, which is just brilliant. This record is from their last album. When was the last album, you ask? I think it was 2010, you know. Heligo, Heligoland? Hel e Heligoland. I think that's how you pronounce it. In 2010. In fact, 10 years ago. Wow. New music from Massive Attack would be brilliant. I'm okay with that. And this record is just stunning. 
So I guess this is their most recent record because they haven't released anything in 10 years. This is the brilliant Paradise Circus, which has been used for loads of like TV commercials and a plethora of other things over the last year, over the last 10 years. It's just absolutely stunning record. There's an amazing remix by Breakage out there. If you fancy going and listening to a different version of this, then that remix is amazing. Shout out to Breakage, what a fantastic producer. Yeah, I'll let this speak for itself. What an amazing, amazing Sunday that would have been to check out. This is Paradise Circus by Massive Attack. Look at her with a smile like a flame. Okay, moving on to week two. We've got a couple of records from this one. Um, last week I played I played music by Kraftwerk, so we're not going to be playing the headline slot, which is uh, Kraftwerk 3D. Um, shout out and RIP to... Florian Schneider of Craftwork and their incredible influence. If you want to go listen to learn some more about them, there's some incredible information out there. I also talked about them in last week's podcast, so you can listen to that again. Um, some wicked, wicked names on this lineup um, for that day. We're looking at people like Jenny Beth and Anna Calvi, Chromatics, The Orb, Johnny Marr. I am going to be playing a record by them now by Grandmaster Flash. Who's Grandmaster Flash, you ask? Grandmaster Flash. In 1982, Grandmaster Flash put out a record called The Message. Now, you've got to remember, at this point, hip-hop is like the underbelly of New York City. It, it's from the Bronx and Brooklyn. Like, it isn't something that is what it is today. We're talking the origins of hip-hop. There's a really good show you can watch on Netflix called The Get Down. It's a bit twee, and it's got Jaden Smith in it, but it does give a really good background as to where hip hop comes from and how it existed. At that point, disco was massive still. In the late 70s, early 80s, disco was still absolutely huge. A lot of people hated disco. They absolutely hated it. It tore people in two. Some people loved it, some people absolutely hated it. Of course, these days, we all look back at that stuff with fondness, but at the time, they absolutely hated it. And what people were doing was taking disco records, taking the break out of it, getting two of the same, playing on two turntables, and cutting between the two. And then what they would do, they would call that the get down, the breakdown is what it's actually called. And then what you would do is have battles with other DJs, right? At the same time, you'd have MCs who would host for you and would rhyme over the top. Origins of hip-hop, really simple. People rhyming over breakbeats that were being mixed between live. Origins of hip-hop, it's a, such an amazing subject. I wish I could do, talk about this more. I could talk about it literally all day. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five put out this record. It's such an iconic, iconic record. The beat is wonderful. The flows are so basic. But in a lot of ways, they're way more complicated than a lot, a lot of like the Atlanta rap that you hear these days. So I think that um, where respect where respect is due, this is absolutely amazing. And I've seen Grandmaster Flash before. He's a very, very good DJ. He's a proper, proper hip hop DJ. And I'm, I've got time for that. And what better way to celebrate that than with the incredible record, The Message by Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. And supporting Kraftwerk is the wonderful Iggy Pop. This little day here is a bit of a throwback day, isn't it? This is like the coolest Rewind Festival ever. Kraftwerk, Iggy Pop, Johnny Marr, and Grandmaster Flash. And the Orb, like, 
that's a pretty cool like that's the best rewind festival you're ever gonna find in my opinion Iggy Pop is uh, was part of a band called the Stooges who formed many many years ago let's have a look the Stooges have been around since the late 60s Iggy Pop was obviously the front man he worked with amazing artists um, like David Bowie and was part of that kind of whole alt scene in the, in the late 60s and to, to kind of now I guess really we're talking about someone who's a true rock star at this point Iggy Pop is an absolute icon when we talk about the Stooges and we talk about Iggy Pop we could be talking about records like Passenger uh, we could talk about records like Lust for Life but we are today going to be playing my favourite record that he's been part of which is the wonderful I Want to Be Your Dog I think this record in particular has influenced some incredible acts over the years. I don't think you have Idols or I don't think you have Oasis. I don't think you have Fontaine's DC. I don't think you have a lot of punk without this record. It really, really is the origins of that. And uh, to celebrate it, what better way than play it? This is I Want to Be Your Dog by Iggy Pop. Well, actually, I think it's by the Stooges, but for today it's by Iggy Pop. Okay, I'm moving into the final day, which is the Saturday. The Sunday was never announced, so I don't know what it was going to be. Um, it could have been fun, I don't know. But the the Saturday, the 20... Sorry, Saturday the 30th of May, we are... I've got five records left to play for you. Starting out with The Incredible Blocks, who I caught a couple of years ago. Uh, Lauren discovered them first. Their record, Coke, we came up her new music playlist. She became obsessed with them. And we, I went and saw them at Reading and Leeds in 2018. Struggled to, to enjoy that set. I think I was really hungover. Last year, they ended up playing on the Radio 1 stage at RNL, so I caught them again. Brilliant. Really started to build fan base. Packed the tent out. It was absolutely great. This year, started to release even more music. They were going down a little commercial route. I feel they're coming away from that again, and I'm okay with that. And we're due to play the main stage at Reading and Leeds this year. That's crazy. Of course, unfortunately, that's been cancelled now. But they're an amazing band. They've just announced that they're releasing their debut album, Lie Out Loud. Their guitarist, I think it's their guitarist, the guitarist is, um, still works at Weatherspoons. This shows you, you can play the main stage at Reading and Leeds, and it doesn't give you enough of a full-time job. So what I want from everyone is to just go and listen to their music because that's how you get paid. If they're touring, go and see them. That's how you support your musicians and get them out of working bar jobs. Um, because actually, when they're making music this good, we should not be having them pouring pints. We should have them playing guitars, which is what they should be doing. This record is the title track from their upcoming album, Lie Out Loud, which is due for release on the 14th of August. So we'll be talking about that at the end of next month. Um, this is brilliant. It's so good and I love it and I'm really excited to see them where they're at and becoming the band that they should be. This is Lie Out Loud by Blocks. When I first looked at all this lineup, I got really excited about being able to talk about Gang of Youths. They're a band that I discovered in 2013. I think it was 2013. Um, with an amazing record, Evangelists. I would adore to do a WTF episode about them. They're, in the same way that I loved doing my Ocean Alley video last year, big Australian bands that just aren't that big here. Gang of Youths are amazing. 2013, Evangelists. 
Stunning record. Met their manager once, and he... And I told him that Evangelist wasn't Apple Music, and now it's here. That makes me happy. I like to think that I was the person that got that there. I know, I know they wrote the record and performed it and made it brilliant, but you can thank me, don't worry about it. They then released their debut album, The Positions, in 2015, which includes the wonderful record, Magnolia. It's absolutely massive. They're not a big band in the UK. Not really. But they're, like, in Oz, they're, like, Wolf Alice level. They're pretty big. They live in London. I've seen them twice, if not more. They're incredible live. Incredible live. Their latest album, Go Father in Lightness, came out in 2017 and is absolutely spectacular. From start to finish, it deals with some real tough issues. The production's amazing. There's incredible string sections. It's very orchestral and uh, epic. They're just a brilliant, 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 brilliant band. And I gagging for them to absolutely destroy festival season over the next couple of years. Today we're playing their monstrous record, What Can I Do If The Fire Goes Out, which if you're like a fan of The Killers or Bruce Springsteen or or the Gaslight Anthem, this is the kind of record that you're going to like by them. They have other records which sound very different. They're still brilliant. Like, their whole sound is amazing. I absolutely love this band. They're releasing a, they're supposed to be releasing a new album this year. It might come out next year after this whole COVID thing. I don't know. But I'm excited for new music from them today. This record will do. It would have been absolutely amazing to see this in that field on that day. This is What Can I Do If The Fire Goes Out by Gang Of Youths. What can I do if the fire goes out? Also playing that Sunday was Lathams, Gabrielle Aplin, and Lauren Hibbard, and Tom Walker. And Tom Walker I'm not a fan of, so we're not really playing his music, but others, some great artists there as well. So, you know, this is not meant to take away from any other acts I haven't played. This is just talking about what I would definitely go see, and squeezing it into an episode. Uh, this next uh, artist, Jake Bug, is a guy that I've seen rise through the ranks. He is lo- was loved by BBC when he first came out, um, and I've seen play a few different gigs at Reading and Leeds over the years. I've seen him on the Radio One stage. I've seen him on the main stage. I've seen him on the introducing stage. He's gone to support one of the Gallagher brothers. I'm not sure which one and has made an amazing name for himself. Last year, did a record with Camel Fat, which was brilliant to see him move away from this kind of um, Neil Young, Bob Dylan kind of sound that he brings and move into something of a completely different world and be someone is wonderful. I really, really love that collaboration. Would love to see more in that kind of ilk from him. He's, he's brilliant. This record came out towards the end of last year. I think this means that there might be something new on the horizon. I hope so, because I love this. This is Kiss Like the Sun by Jake Bug. Like and that Saturday, the 30th, had two headliners. A dual headliner, if you will. Um, let's look at the Kooks. Look, the Kooks are huge, right? I don't think they're All Points East Festival. Like, when you compare them to Bombay or Tame Impala or Massive Attack Craftwork, I don't think they're that level. But coupled with the other headliner, I think this works well. That's a big indie day. Jake Bug, Gang of Views, Blocks, The Kooks. I think that works well. And the thing is, The Kooks in 2005, 2004, 2005, when they released uh, their debut album, was 
they were the biggest band in the world. Everyone loved it. Naive was, is an indie anthem of that era. It is the national anthem for that era. Massive. The rest of the album's great as well. Seaside, Ooh La, See the World, Sofa Song. You know, they're amazing, amazing records. Um, but it feels to me like they've never been able to, hype-wise, overtake that. But actually, if you go through the Kooks back catalogue, there's some incredible other records. They've just put out some, a couple of EPs of like unreleased stuff and B-side stuff and acoustic versions. But in 2014, they released this album like 10 years after their debut and it kind of went under the rug. But it's a great album. It really is. It stands out so different. It's still very kooks. Luke has a very distinctive voice. But records like Bad Habit, great. And this record, we're, we're not playing first album kooks because I think we need to celebrate. We need to, as a as a movement, as a group, as a society, we need to celebrate the kooks for more than naive. Naive's a belter, but there are some other amazing records and they should be celebrated. So today, we're playing Down. What a corker of a record. This is so good. It's got so much grooves, but I absolutely love it. Oh, I'll let it speak for itself. This is Down by the Kooks. And the final headliner and the end of the show is by the wonderful Liverpudlians, the Wombats. The Wombats co-headlining with the Kooks. I think probably you'd have the Kooks on last and have the Wombats on first, but I don't mind. Either way, it's, it's fine. So the Wombats for me, uh, I always thought that they were like a pop group for, for young teenagers, probably because I was an old teenager when they first came out and like I liked them but they were very commercial. As those young teenagers have become adults, I'm talking about people like my brothers, as they've become adults, I've kind of appreciated them a lot more. That first album by The Wombats is brilliant and what they, you know, Let's Dance to Joy Division and Moving to New York are absolute anthems. Records like Techno Fan and Tokyo are absolutely brilliant. You know, they're, they're a band that have been around for a long time and actually, what ha I remember last year they were booked for Reading for the second consecutive year playing exactly the same slot and I was thinking, what's the point in that? They're not bringing anything new. Uh, they released Beautiful People Will Ruin Your Life in 2018, played Reading and Leeds on the main stage, like sub-headlining or just like third from top. Last year did exactly the same slot and I'm thinking, what's the point in that? And I went along to it because, well, my little brother's a big Wombats fan and that was great and they were absolutely brilliant they're absolutely brilliant they're a great band they're a fan favorite as, as many would say i think the one that's absolutely great and their last album really stepped them up so many artists so many bands in in my life anyway struggle to get past their debut and they kind of go on a downward spiral I don't think that's true with the Wombats. I think they go from strength to strength to strength. My hope would be if they're being booked to headline a festival this year, two years after their last album, that we're getting new music from them, ASAP Rocky, um, would be my hope. I don't know if that's true, but I hope that means we're getting new music from them. Uh, in an interview with the music.com.au, uh, October 2019, they've already written five records for their new album. Wow. Uh, Murph, the lead singer from the band, went off to go do his solo project, Love, Fame, Tragedies, at the end of last year. Um, look, I think they're great. And this record in particular is their best record. It really is. And it's 
a sunsetting festival anthem. Not much more to be said there. I just want to finish this by finish this. This podcast and playlist is perfectly finished by this record. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you so much for watching this one. How do you think about this kind of format? Festival Graveyard, as, as someone had said in uh, in the comments section. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. Oh, I haven't done any shout-outs. Um, shout-outs to Harry Jones, Joshua Simmons, and Theo Smith, all on YouTube. Instagram. Let's have a look. Shout-out on the new Instagram. Oh, I've got a new Instagram account, actually, if you can go follow that. At Music Club FM, that'd be great. Shout-outs to Hen... Uh, Heron... Heron Froth? God, I'm speaking that badly. I uh, was planning to go see Bombay and Massive Attack. Gutted that you can't see anything. Of course, Emma Illingworth as well. Um, would, was excited to see Bombay, Everything, Everything, Glass Animals, Caribou, and Tame and Parlor. God, me too, man. Me too. Shout outs to anyone that's been in touch. I really appreciate that. Some amazing recommend music recommendations coming from you guys at the moment. I really appreciate that. Send it my way if you think I'm going to like something. There is no festival next week. So next week, back to normal. Lots of discovery, lots of new music. Then we're heading into some festival specials. What do you think about this? Have I missed someone off of this list? Should I be talking more about someone? Is there someone that you would have gone and seen that I haven't talked about? Or have I played a record incorrectly? I love that thought. Love your input as always. Let me know your thoughts in the comments section below. Drop me a message on Instagram or send me a tweet at Tequila Face. All of that kind of stuff. Please don't hesitate to get in touch. I have been Jack. This has been Music Club FM. And we're finishing off today's episode with the incredible record by the Wombats. This is Turn. I like the way you brainwash